This is my conversation with Naomi, who was raised in a small, predominantly white, conservative town in Oregon. As the daughter of Mexican immigrant parents, she experienced the political divide firsthand during her senior year of high school in 2016. Naomi was ridiculed by her high school classmates for calling out Trump's racist rhetoric. Complicating matters further, she has family members who are also immigrants from Mexico but support Trump's immigration policies. I grew up in a really small town. There's like 7,000 people here and it's all like spread out. It's like a little country town. So everyone I went to high school with was like majority white people, really conservative. Um, but it was like a very close community because we were so small. That's like my main experience with like Trump supporters is like being in school and growing up with them. And now that I had to move back home, kind of like encountering this environment again, seeing a lot more Trump flags when I walk around than usual. <laughs> I'm not so much in my family. Uh, my family's pretty like democratic, I guess you could say. Um, I don't know that I define myself as democratic. Yeah, except for my, like, brother-in-law. He's kind of a Trumpy, <laughs> which has been interesting. Growing up here, or I guess my main experience with, like, kind of losing a lot of, like, relationships has, was when I was a senior in high school. I was, like, a very quiet person when I was in high school, and I, like, got along really well with everybody. And then I started seeing all of this, like, Trump rhetoric around my school, and online and so I became a very like pissed off person and so I started like fighting with people in my classes and um having like debates with them in the middle of class and I would always get talked to by my teacher afterwards telling me to like calm down <laughs> I felt really like polarized in my like in the community that I had spent so many years being a part of or trying to be a part of um like wanting to be a part of and I think a lot of people just really switched like the beginning of kind of like this like Trump era I guess and people well, started treating me a lot differently um, people didn't really respect my opinion anymore I would have these arguments with people in class about okay hey, don't be racist maybe and trying to really I really tried to lead with kindness in that regard, I guess, or trying to lead with, like, let's try to educate people first before we get into it. And so I definitely led with that approach, but then I always ended up just, like, fighting with people because people were, like, rude as hell. It was, like, all these friendships that I had throughout the years just completely ended when that kind of started happening. Um, I started getting, like, harassed online by, like, these people that I was friends with. And then um, I had to, like, private all of my accounts because people would just, like, always find me and, like, harass me about, like, not being a Trump supporter, which was weird. <laughs> but And I would get called, like, names and I would get called, like, a bitch all the time. And by, like, these people that I was, like, friends with for years, even if I didn't have, like, direct discussions with them about, like, not being Trump supporters or about, like, Trump in general or, like, racism or any of these issues in general – they just, I was just kind of associated with that, like, being anti-Trump agenda, I guess. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. like, all these relationships I had with people just, like, completely deteriorated. So that was really, like, weird and eye-opening, I guess. Definitely, I had that reaction, I think, personally, because I was, like, one of the only people of color at my school and also one of the only people of color, like, that would engage in those discussions. Because I, like, was in newspaper, too. 
And I had a friend who was a newspaper with me and we would like write kind of similar articles and that kind of thing. But people took my articles and would like post them online and like talk shit about them about like, because they just like hated that I was talking about it so much, I guess. And then this like friend I had who was white, who was middle class, who was also like involved in these same friend groups, um, like received a completely different reaction. She like still has relationships with them. And even if we were saying the same thing, or even if she was saying things in like, oh, like a more blunt tone, it was just completely like received differently when I said anything like that. And so, I don't know, I think I just, I just like don't have any relationship with anybody that I like went to school with anymore, uh, other than like some close friends, but I just like completely feel like I was like separated from this community that I had for all of these years. And I definitely, and I like, there were similar people who would say the same thing, but we didn't look the same and they were white and I wasn't. And at the end of the day, I guess they respected that more coming from them. And so it was like, they got to keep these relationships and I did, and I didn't really have like a choice in keeping those relationships. Did anybody ever say anything to you like directly? I think a lot of the backlash was like, people online like from my school but like doing it online um Mm -hmm. especially the summer after I graduated where I didn't really get to see them in person um I would sometimes bring up the point of like this isn't uh because it was a lot there was also like a lot of like discussion around like black lives the black lives matter movement and people Mm -hmm. really disagreeing with that and I would kind of say things like if if you don't like understand maybe it's like something that you don't understand in this perspective because you're not a person of color. And then people really didn't like that. Like the reaction to you was mostly because you were, you dared to be outspoken, right. About mm-hmm. how you feel and everything. I think so many people experience that um, the rise of Trump in, enabled people to be more racist. Did you experience any of that? Not necessarily from your classmates, but, but maybe from townspeople or anything, or did anybody in your family experience anything like that? Um, I don't know if anyone in my family did. I think I during that time, it just like, it's definitely a more like tense environment. I think I, I just saw a lot more like Trump rhetoric uh, being put out loud, like Trump flags and like down the street, Trump signs everywhere. There's like an ace hardware here where the guy's like definitely like a Trump supporter and he like writes all these like pro-gun, pro-Trump statements on his like billboard. And mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I think it's more just like, it wasn't any, it's never really anything overt, right? I think it's, or I feel like writing Trump slogans on your ace hard word, word is probably overt, but I, I guess no, nothing really like direct. You mentioned that you have a, a Trump supporting brother-in-law. How does that work within your family? And then like, I assume it's a sister that's mm-hmm. married. Yeah, it's super, like, awkward. <laughs> I get really, like, furious whenever I hear him talk about it. So I usually, like, like just kind of isolate myself because I try to, like, have discussions with him. And it's really uh, not productive. And I think he's coming from a place where, like, he um, kind of, like, recently immigrated here. And I think he still has this, like, a mentality of, like, this, like, big, beautiful American dream where anybody can be a millionaire if you think hard enough about it and he like loves this idea that like Trump is like has so much money and he's like really like 
he finds him so inspirational because of that. And so I think that's like the the perspective that he comes into with it because none of us like support Trump at all. And so I think my family's a little bit more um, abrasive about it. I think I'm definitely the one that gets the most mad. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely, we do like try to, that's probably the time we have the most discussions about it is when he kind of like brings that up and he like talks about all these good things that Trump is doing and all this like literal shit. And so <laughs> you like try to talk to him and be like, no, that actually isn't true. Literally everything you're saying is like not true. And we like show him evidence that it isn't true. And then we also try to put it in the perspective to him that like, you know, with like the uh, detention camps and that kind of thing, we bring that up a lot with him to like try to get him to have some perspective on the situation you know, it could be happening to anybody that we know. It could, you know, like we have tiny children in our houses and in these detention camps, children are literally getting like traumatized and abused. And so how can you support somebody who does that to people, to anybody, to people who look like our family, who look like us, you know? Mm-hmm. And he just like, it just totally goes in one ear and out the other, I think, because um yeah it's like a really it's a pretty uh, uh unproductive conversation that ends up happening but we do try to have a conversation about it whenever it does come up and it turns into like it does turn into like a pretty like none of us call each other names or anything at the end of it I think it's just a lot of like frustration on either end maybe yeah, yeah, he does have a citizenship now. So I think that that definitely changed his perspective. I even have an uncle, I think, or like a couple uncles who are like, view Trump as, view his immigration laws as like, good because they, he's punishing immigrants who don't come here the right way or some like literal shit like that. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's just really interesting how people's like perspectives change on that, even if they like, they themselves immigrated here they like demonize um, other people who were escaping similar situations as them. I don't know. I was curious about Naomi's perspective about the deepening polarization in our country. And so I asked her for her thoughts. I think that I, uh, at at this point in my life, I don't think I'm like not going to talk to somebody that's like a Republican or something like that. I think at a point in my life, I really was where I was just like, fuck Republicans. (laughs) I don't want to talk to them. I don't want them around me. But I think moving back home and being in this environment again with like someone who is a Trump supporter has definitely, definitely like opened me up to wanting to have more like discussions, like genuine discussions. There is such this huge polarization because it's like, these are my politics. It's like, I believe in like these human rights and it's evident that the Republicans don't believe in like people having these human rights. I I do see that it's very hard for people to like understand each other's perspective. And I definitely think that this polarization is, if anything, just going to get worse, which I think it will be bad because I think then just, it'll just be like people against each other all of the time. Well, it does scare me in part because like it, it won't, create room for people to like be educated or make room for people to change and grow because I do think people can change and grow but it does scare me that like it'll inevitably possibly like have these very violent reactions from people anytime people of color are so are you know murdered and attacked all of the time and you know killed by police and the government and so it's like I do fear that and the extent that I'm scared that it's just going to get more and more divided and more and more violent and the repercussions are going to be 
you know, more more deaths on either side, but people of color are not protected really. And, you know, so many deaths go unnoticed and unprotected and uh, with justice. And so that does scare me that I'm scared that like that'll just keep expanding and expanding because people are just going to become so radicalized in their own ideas that it's just going to keep happening. And then if like people on either side are not willing to be educated, then what other way are we going to like stop these violent acts from happening? We can practice on those that are closest to us. I think, yeah, learning to to kind of like have actual conversations with people again, because I really was in this bubble, I think, at Pacific, um, where I like removed myself completely from this like town that I grew up in and my like family members. And now that I'm like here, I have to like really learn to like lead with compassion in that way. But I think um, it's a huge like privilege to be able to do that. And I think it's like on like anybody it's on like white people it's on like non-black people of color as well to like educate like the people closest to you because it is like so much emotional labor and like at the end of the day you know like non-black people of color don't face the same oppression that like black people face you know it is a privilege to just like be able to like discuss things with my family in my living room and it not turn into like something larger I guess I don't I don't think it's like overlooking people's liking of Trump I think it's more just like I'm willing to like to try to like have conversations with these people in hopes that they'll actually understand again because like yeah if we don't talk to them or if I don't talk to like my brother-in-law then who is right I hope you found Naomi's personal story and insights engaging I extend my heartfelt appreciation to Naomi for generously sharing her time and thoughts with me